Meditation. 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 Depending on thank the you. quality thank of you. my mind. You know, there's thank good days thank and you. bad days. I mean, days I feel well. like the waterfall of thoughts. And every now and then, a nice, calm, calm. I can't think of anything. This is Meditation in the City. The Shambhala New York Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meditation in the City Podcast. A podcast where we explore topics on Buddhist meditation and maintaining a meditation practice amidst living in a busy world. My name is Francesca, and I'm your host. The title of this episode is Being Authentic in Life and Work. Societal pressures may cause us to limit our genuine expression. In this episode, we will explore the benefits of staying true to ourselves and discuss how to do that in our lives and workplaces. Today we are joined by Gail Van Gills. Gail is the award-winning author of Happier at Work, The Power of Love to Transform the Workplace, a practical guide for developing the powers of attention, stress reduction, curiosity, collaboration, and compassion. Gail has an MBA from the Anderson School at UCLA and is a certified instructor of Search Inside Yourself, the mindfulness and emotional intelligence training developed and proven at Google. She's the founder of the consulting, training, and coaching company, Transform Your Culture, and is a senior meditation teacher in the Shambhala Buddhist lineage. The Meditation in the City podcast is hosted by the Shambhala Meditation Center of New York. Here's Gail to take away the discussion. So our topic tonight is um, authenticity in life and work. And this is a topic that... um, I think comes up for all of us. It comes up um, in my work with people in companies very often in terms of um, a pressure to conform because society may cause us to limit our genuine expression. So we're going to explore um, together the benefits of staying true to ourselves and talk about how we can do that both in our lives and in the workplace. It turns out when, when we have this conversation, um, it's less difficult for people to be true to themselves with their friends and family. It is more difficult in our work relationships because there are certain ex- expectations um, that are there that aren't necessarily um, something that's inviolable, that can't be broken. So we're going to talk about this and how actually a lot of those walls are coming down, but it, it's up to us to decide, you know, whether we want to um, be part of that. So what does it mean to be authentic? Being authentic basically means that you act in ways that show your true whole self without trying to please others. <laughs> this is the caveat. Um, you know, we're kind of brought up to please others and I, I can't, I don't know about guys, but certainly women, it has been part of the cultural expectation for, I don't know, hundreds of years, really. Uh, the woman's role had more to do with trying to please others, take care of others. And that just, that just affects us in uh, many subtle ways. I don't know, um, and, and, and Joe can tell us, you know, and uh, or Ori, okay? And you can also comment if that's true um, as much for men if you want to jump in. But 
definitely the sense of trying to please others it gets in the way sometimes of being our own genuine self and that if you're not if you're not congruent if your own way of thinking feeling and acting communicating are not congruent then mixed signals are coming out and so are you with me on this 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 demands a lot of self-awareness to know whether you're being true to yourself or whether you're actually acting in a way that's safer, maybe. So authenticity is a choice you have, but it takes bravery and courage and awareness to be authentic. And unless we, sometimes, unless we challenge popular opinion, we can just be pulled by the masses into acting in the way that just seems easiest and other people expect us to, and we're not being true to ourselves. So we don't really feel completely 100% in our situation. Underneath that is that almost all of us have an inner longing for social acceptance and we fear being judged by others. Again, you know, maybe you're the rare person that doesn't feel this way, but this is really part of how we're brought up in this society is to to fit in be a good boy or girl so your teacher your boss your partner whatever you don't you don't um make waves and because of that we may have the sense that we're inadequate if we act like ourselves that's a false belief so we have to be aware enough to let go of this false belief that we're inadequate and learn to understand and accept all the aspects of ourself so you can start living with your true authentic self and this means knowing your strengths and weaknesses not just only like your best parts of you then when you know all of who you are you can just be all of who you are and you don't have to make any excuses one of the things that's coming up um, like on linkedin is a, a lot of meme about looks how people dress, whether they're wearing um, tattoos on their body, dreadlocks in their hair. There's, there are a lot of people who are successful in life who are speaking up and saying, I have done this being me. Here are my tats, here are my dreadlocks. I'm the CEO of this company or I'm the CTO or, or IT head or whatever, they, they, they're they really claiming their space and saying, you can do it too. So it's our own responsibility to stay true to our genuine being. Um, and then I wanna say, <laughs> this doesn't mean self-absorption. So self-absorption is not authenticity. It doesn't mean being obnoxious and broadcasting all your personal habits and preferences. It doesn't mean you have no filter and you have to tell all the details of your private life. So you, again, this is awareness. We're talking about being authentic, not just being loose and open. So why does this matter? If we deliberately leave key parts of ourselves behind, if we tell ourselves to hit the off switch on, um, let's say our emotions or our hobbies or some other aspect of ourselves that we have curated out for the workplace. Maybe we've shut down all the playful parts of ourselves. 
When we do that, we don't bring our, our creativity to play. And we actually then therefore compromise the environment that we're interacting in with others because there are lower levels of creative thinking, less social connection if you're not being your whole self. And so on the other side, if you bring your whole self to work and to life, you're gonna thrive as a person and a professional. Now, at work and everywhere else, the reality is we're always bringing our whole personality with us. We really can't get rid of it. Even when we're trying to act in a certain cool way, people see through, they see us. So then again, this, this becomes this sort of disconnect is that they see that you're hiding something. They feel that you're hiding something. So this authenticity is a matter of valuing our own experiences, our own challenges, our own unique perspectives instead of burying them. And then you might find that they're more relevant to your work and life than you thought. One of the issues with this for ourselves in doing this is that it involves being vulnerable, right? If we don't act just exactly like everyone else, if we dare to be original, um, there's vulnerability involved. And yet by being vulnerable and original, we become more adaptable, more driven to do whatever we're doing because we're being ourselves and it creates an opening for other people to bring more of themselves to the table as well. So some of the qualities of authenticity, why again, why it's important is that authenticity is magnetic. We tend to be drawn to people who are being authentic because they exude this sense of trustworthiness and confidence in themselves. And they inspire us and they make us feel more safe to share more of ourselves. So if you're that person, you're building deeper and more meaningful connections in a trusting environment. And people are happy to collaborate and engage and connect with you. And this is also when synchronicities and what people might call luck starts to happen because you're being so open and so genuine that you bring out the best in others and then you start clicking. Life starts clicking more. And this, this contributes totally to our positive well-being and our mental fitness to be um, open in this way and allowing others to be open. Thing is, there's always room to grow. So being authentic means being, not doing. So we have to tune into our own sense of being, our own sense of purpose. And how can we know this about ourselves if we don't already? Well, we can nurture and practice our authenticity, first of all, by practicing increasing our self-awareness. So once again, it comes back to uh, how we started this evening with meditation practice and seeing what we're thinking, feeling what we're feeling, being present to what's actually happening within ourselves. This helps us to accept and acknowledge what I mentioned at the beginning of the talk, our strengths and weaknesses, our successes and our mistakes. So we see the whole picture and that way we can just, I can be me. I can say, 
you know, I'm not that good at technical stuff. So can somebody help me with this, please? And then you're not seen as a failure. You're being honest and that lets somebody else shine their light because they're really good at that. Also, one of the things you need to be aware of and understand is sort of your embedded thinking. What are your values and beliefs? What are you, what filters are you seeing the world through? And then to be super authentic, we can try challenging those beliefs and not believing everything that is going on in our head in a habitual way. And also we can listen to our intuition, not only to our mental thoughts. The next thing we can do to become more authentic is to practice open-mindedness. So this means keeping our mind in discovery mode, being curious and observing non-judgmentally. Put yourself in the other person's shoes, be inquisitive about alternative views without feeling threatened. And when you do that, you have a better understanding of other people's challenges and they feel that, they feel that openness in you, that curiosity. And back to our insecurity, we can stop seeking validation. So true validation comes from the core of our being, not proving yourself to others. And this is one of the, um, aspects of genuineness that I remember Trungpa Rinpoche um, really stressing, saying things, he said in, in various talks, he said things like, if you're really being honest with yourself, you already know the answer to your questions. So it's very ingenuine, inauthentic, to go around asking everybody their opinion, particularly when you're not even gonna take it, because you already know the truth. You just might not like the truth. So basically validation either is not wanting to, to um, look at what we already know intuitively and with our wisdom, or being super insecure, so you think you need to prove yourself to others, but working on this aspect is, is looking at, am I seeking validation outside of myself and, and can I begin to reduce the amount that I'm doing that? Also, we need to give ourselves reflective time, find time for silence, time to reconnect with nature, time to connect with our creativity, with our emotions, all of this, um, inner life happens when we're quiet. So we need to stop being busy doing things, but instead be who we are, be something, not do something. So we have to be patient with ourselves, inquisitive with ourselves and others, fearless and open and understand what's important to us. And if you don't know what you care about or what's important to, to you, you can find a clue by what energizes you. And that helps you to know what you came into the world to do. 
So right now, I just thought I'd sort of stop for a moment and ask you, um, maybe we have a little bit of discussion on some of what I've said, any questions or thoughts you had, and also ask if, since we're in a kind of intimate circle here, would you be willing to share um, a time, maybe recently, where you felt challenged to be authentic and um, how that felt and, and how, how you dealt with it and what you're thinking about that now? So I'd love to hear from anyone who wants to share something on that or any other topic I've mentioned. Chair. Um, for me, a time that I've found challenging to be authentic is um, I recently started a new full-time job a couple months ago, and um, it's a job that I had been wanting for a really long time and working really hard for. And when I first started, um, I was, I guess, struggling with how to interact with people because I always felt that I had to like be professional and set personal boundaries um, within work settings, but I learned that people are really just looking for connection. Um, right. And I found positive results from kind of just being more authentic to myself as opposed to being what I thought everyone else wanted me to be. Um, so that's been something I've been struggling with on and off for the last few years, but that's definitely an example that I'm still kind of working with and, and learning from. Beautiful. Beautiful. You said it so well. <laughs> Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, I, I was um, really struck. First of all, thank you for your talk. It was wonderful and also very practical. But for me, I, I'm a little bit stuck. I, I'm going to give the opposite. Uh, to Francesca's uplifted point of view, but I get really <laughs> debilitatingly needy in terms of wanting other people's approval. And uh, I've lived a few decades at this point. I feel almost, it, it, that's kind of galling to admit that I still want, you know, people to love me constantly, you know? And that is such a, um, that's such a drawback when it comes to just being yourself, you know, and just being honest. So I really love the orientation you gave us with that. It's, it's, it's almost, sound, it's simpler, isn't it? It's easier to just not perform, you know, and to just be present, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, as I started this topic, I said, this is probably the most asked for topic that besides stress and anxiety, and this is part of what gives people stress and anxiety, you know, is being able to really be yourself. I, you know, yeah. the, the work that I do um, involves talking to people who work, right? So I have all sorts of degrees and trainings and, you know, years ago I worked in corporate America, but I didn't like it. so. I left to become a, a coach, a teacher, a trainer, all the things that I did. But then when talking to people in corporate America for years and years, I gave myself a hard time saying, well, how can you speak to them because you aren't in corporate America? I was like a catch 22. 
I, I, I couldn't let myself do the work that I was that I was suited to do because of all the other things I'd trained and done because I left corporate America. Anyway, I, I did the same thing. I kept thinking I needed something else and that that I I couldn't just be a hundred percent who I am. Uh, so that's why I, I worked on this topic a lot myself. And um, I, I think it's really a matter of the older we get, the more we're able to be honest with ourselves and see that we do these things. We all do these things, right? So it's great, Francesca, you're still really young. You know, Joe and I are older, <laughs> like you said, around the block a few times. But it doesn't matter because we're still growing. You know, until the minute we die, we're growing, right? And this is the human condition. And so we need to look at it and see how it affects us. And then we're able to help others because we understand they're going through the same thing. The more honest we are with ourselves. So. Any other comments? I'd love to hear from everybody. That'd be great. Um, is this working? Yes. Hi, Maureen. I see. I heard you. Sorry. Um, yeah, cursing myself here. I'm trying to get my computer to work with mixed results. Things are sometimes <laughs> awkward. So I'm on a borrowed laptop. And um, I just wanted to say that um, recently I got upset in public, authentically and embarrassingly. And um, in a yoga community to which I belong, someone said something sharp and very hurtful to me in front of a group of people and um, snapped at me for something I actually didn't do. Um, and it was very bizarre, uh, but it's very important to me that, um, you know, I, I try to be clear with people about how I'm feeling and, and I nevertheless sometimes just stuff it Long story short, I wound up getting teary-eyed and sad in front of everyone about this comment. And um, it was actually kind of a breakthrough for everybody because the person who made it, and I had a chat afterward about how this misunderstanding happened. And I was holding back a lot of emotions that um, I've been sitting on for some time. And it kind of this hurtful comment opened some floodgates and gave me a, an excuse to cry about other things and be authentic about that with this person. And he apparently, though leading um, a yoga community in California, has an issue with snapping and sniping and just being short with people. And he authentically needs some help with that. And I authentically needed some help just, I don't know, kind of having a, a, a straw that broke the camel's back helped me access some some hurt I was sitting on. It was absolutely wonderful. It, you know, he snapped at me. I cried in public. <laughs> we made it up afterward. We talked about how we both got to this place. And I've, I've never had such an embarrassing and wonderful interaction in a community like that. It, it just happened a few days ago and it was, it was fantastic. Well, it's again, a perfectly beautiful example of both the vulnerability and the authenticity coming together, right? Because you had to be vulnerable to respond like that. You could have kept a stoic face and gone home and cried, but you didn't. You allowed yourself to respond in the moment authentically with what you were feeling, and you were very vulnerable. Yeah, I wanted to say that. something. 
Yeah. Oh, my connection is bad. The computer isn't oh. working. But I wanted to, you know, either storm out the room and just shove it to one side in that mm -hmm. way, or, you know, say something cutting and clever in return. But instead, I was just like, ouch, that was uncalled for, came from left field, was a misunderstanding, but really hurt. <laughs> and it, it was it was really quite wonderful. Yeah. And it helped the other person, too, it sounds like because yeah. they were able to get in touch with something they needed to work on. So yeah, yeah. everybody sitting around was like, the yes, win win. So we got to work on that, you know. <laughs> we love you, That's... but hold your sharp forked tongue. Um, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah. good. Oh, by the way, I'm having a, I'm having a slew of technical trouble today. So apologies, I didn't come on earlier. I either didn't get the Zoom link or couldn't find it or something. I'm, I'm not able to put myself on camera without fuzzing out. In fact, the, um, the connection- That's fine. It's totally fine. Fuzzing out, We're so. glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. You know, I, uh, this is Rebecca. I'm, I came because I, I value authenticity. And I have to say, I'm in a workplace that does not value it at all. And authenticity, um, is punished. Could you give I, me an example? Um, they, they, if you, Sam, uh, the example I can give is that I work with people who are just they don't really say what they think. We were working remotely. They asked us to come back, and this is a nonprofit that helps people, mm -hmm. you know, with low income problems, you know, and they asked us to come back, and people didn't like it. And no one said anything because they're afraid of the consequences of saying that. And then they say, we expect you to be here three days a week and people don't come in three days a week and they don't do anything about it. And... So it feels very uncomfortable because there's a, a mixed message, right? They're saying one thing, but they're not actually following through with it. And nobody's having an honest conversation. That's basically what you're explaining. Right? And the people who have said the message don't come in three days a week either. And see, and the authentic moment I had, and this is, you know, um, I'm supervising people on a grant and the person who it's had to do with certain documents. And I came to ask them if, um, I'm having trouble getting, finding enough work for these people. And I came to this person, I said, you know, so-and-so did this. And, you know, he looked at what it was and he said, oh, they shouldn't have done that portion. It was already done. And I said, well, she told me, you know, that some of them weren't done. And he looked at me and goes, oh, that was 2013. I guess you didn't give them to me. <laughs> and that's why they weren't done and I this is a person I like and this was my authentic moment I got angry and I said I get really tired of how 
this is, these are also word of legal environment too. It always becomes, no, it's not my fault. It's your fault. We're talking about nine years ago. Maybe yeah. I didn't give it to you. Maybe you didn't scan it. It doesn't really make a difference. And that was me being authentic rather than being, oh, okay. You know, and so- Well, I mean, I think that's all you have control over. I hate to say it. I mean, it doesn't sound like a very pleasant work environment. I mean, you always have potentially the choice not to work in that place. And to, to if you, it's something that's really important to you, you, you have that choice not to work in that place. But if you're gonna to choose to work in that place, all you can have control over is to be authentic to yourself. And then you have to know that you're being 100% authentic to yourself and then see how that may or may not affect others. But, you know, it sounds like a pretty difficult environment, I'll be honest. That's why I asked for an example and that, you know, um, you may not have the choice to leave that job. I understand that. But if you do, you might want to find a more authentic um, organization that could use your skills, still helping people, you know, because first try to be yourself in that environment, see if you can change it or help it. But otherwise, it might really be frustrating. I mean, it's. That's the truth. Well, see, some of the reason I'm here is because it's this, you know, I do nonviolent communication stuff too. And they talk about your needs yeah. and realizing what are your core needs and authenticity. I'm coming over time to say it's something that really matters to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been around the block a couple of times. And as I get older, I kind of say, if I'm, if it's not real, you know, what's what, you know, what's the point? You know, I guess, but I would say that, you know, one of the hard things is, is that authenticity, some places welcome it, <laughs> some places discourage it. Yeah, yeah, I know that's true. So thank I know you. that's true. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for being so open. I appreciate it. Good luck with that. I really <laughs> mean it. Uh, next time I talk to your group, please come back and tell me how it went. <laughs> well, you know, this gives me, you know, there, it, there's always, you know, choice is an important thing. And there's always hope that there are places that have different, you know, a different mix of values. Sure. So, thank you. Everybody. Thank you. Yeah, so in my uh, in my work situation, um, so recently I'm working on a business with a family member, and it's like it's a different environment because it's close quarters with another person, and um, I found that there's there's a lot of like expectation of, I think a lot of like seeing a lot of expectations of others. And then also seeing how we both work differently. And um, I think the authenticity is kind of coming up where I think for a while it was kind of tough to be myself because we were both working so differently. And I think that the more I've kind of just been myself, um, I think we both kind of work better. 
So I think, you know, as if I say what I like need or what I think something should be, I think I found it's like a good, it's good to voice that versus, versus not. So, but that's so something I'm kind of working through. Well, that, that, that is the, the most challenging of all is the patterns between the people we're close to, you know, in our, in our lives. And then you combine that with work and it, 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 it is a beautiful um, challenge. <laughs> and it also sounds like you're figuring it out that you, you know, work, having different work styles is fine as long as you could be in integrity about them. And that that actually might help the situation that you're not identical. I know my husband is, um, he's fantastic. And he's a really good worker and a really good leader manager kind of person, you know, and he's very meticulous about his time and his every, you know, every, it's like such a different style than me. And he'll always, he'll make comments like, you could never work for me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. If you expect me to be like you, I could never work for you. But actually together we have a fabulous different kind of energy because of the way I am, because it is different than him. And, you know, I, I do not want to work for him, <laughs> but I don't mind working with him as long as he doesn't expect me to be like him. And so that's that kind of thing that, you know, you, you have to figure out, trust that you know that your skills and your way of being is exactly what you need to be. And so is the other person's. You don't want them to be like you and you don't want to be like them. And if you can give each other that kind of space, then a lot more creativity flows between the, the people. Yeah, so. I definitely agree with that. I think um, it is two-sided because it's, it's, uh, it's me being myself more, but then also kind of catching myself when I try to almost mold them to how I would do it. Um, because yeah. I think, you know, I look at like, okay, there's a task you're doing and there's a way I would approach it and they're not approaching it that way, but I've kind of learning like, okay, maybe like giving space to maybe they, you know, work at it a different way than I would. Yeah, that's it. And that's part of being authentic too, is that curiosity and openness to let others be and to understand that everybody's not like you. <laughs> Great. Well, it sounds like everybody here um, is on the right track <laughs> to being authentic. So um, it's really been delightful that everybody contributed something to this conversation. I appreciate that a lot. And um, that's, I think my closing would be that I, I wish you um, good luck going forward with all of this and I hope we have a chance to talk again together soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, we invite you to leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. Shambhala NYC also offers a variety of meditation courses for meditators of all levels. Check out our upcoming programs at shambhalanyc.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.